0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church today. Whether you're here in the building or gathered online, it's great to have everyone with us. We're here to come and worship our Heavenly Father. Happy Father's Day, by the way, to all the fathers, uh, whether in here or online. Um, Hope you have a great day. Hope you've been spoiled already and are going to be spoiled uh, throughout the day. Um, But yeah, just happy Father's Day. But we're here to worship our Heavenly Father this morning. We're here to give Him glory and hopefully here to listen to what God has to say to us as well. We've come to worship, but we've also come to receive something into our hearts today. And really the word that I want to bring today is Maybe quite challenging for some of us, but I really believe God does want to say some things into the life of the church today. And obviously, if you're joining us online or if you're listening to this later on, uh, after it's uh, been out live, then I just pray that God speaks to you today. So let's just pray uh, before we uh, begin to open up in praise and in worship. Father, we're looking to you this morning. Father, each one of us, we're here because we love you. Father, we're here because we're looking for something. Father, we're looking for something more of you in our lives. Father, I know that that's why I'm here. Father, I'm here because I love you, because I worship you, because you have done everything for me. And Father, I just want to bring something back to praise you today, to give glory to you, to honor your name today. And so, Father, I just pray that your name would be lifted up in this place. Father, as we raise a hallelujah, as we raise our praises today, Father, we pray that in our praise you would come and that you would speak and that you would just move amongst us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and move amongst us in a a, a new way today, that you would move amongst us afresh. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's worship God. Why don't you stand? Thank you, Jesus. in terms of being witnesses for him, in terms of uh, seeing God come into the circumstances of our lives, the the things we were looking for, his presence, but maybe we're just not even asking him to, to come into some of those situations. God wants to come in and he wants to change you from the inside. He doesn't always change the circumstances, but he wants to change you from the inside but he doesn't come in and just barge his way into our lives. He's waiting for you to invite him in. And this song that we're singing is a prayer to him. And I I just want us to to think of it as a prayer and just as a prayer of invitation, just that the Holy Spirit would come in to our hearts and fill us, fill us anew, fill us afresh. Father, we just pray that everything that is of us would just fall to the, the side as we focus on you, Father we ask that you'd come and that you'd fill us and that you would make us the people that you want us to be. Father all the things that we desire uh, and, and earthly sort of terms father we just put them to the side to, to focus in you because father we know that when we are 100% focused in you that you bring that change in our lives and so father as we sing this song again we, we make it a prayer to you. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you come and that you descend upon us and that you would fill us and you fill us to overflowing. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Holy Spirit. The if we're ever going to break through, it will be because you lead us. It's because Jesus goes in front of us. If we're ever going to gain victory in those areas of life where we feel that we continue to struggle, it will be because we allow you to come in to our lives and to fill us and to work through us. Father, if we're ever going to see the provision for that need that we have, it is because we will press into you because we know that you're the one who owns the cattle in a thousand hills. Father, every resource is yours and you give it to us when when we need it. And Father, we know that there are needs and Father, we ask that you provide for those needs. Father, that you'd release finance into into Stuart's business. Father, that you just bring the breakthrough there. Father, for those who are needing healing in bodies, Father, we pray that you bring the breakthrough. Father, that you bring healing into, into people's bodies. Even today, Father, Father, as we reach out to you, Father, we pray that you bring healing into bodies. Father, I pray specifically for Beth today, Lord. I just pray for a total release in her body. Father, total peace and freedom in her body. Father, that you bring a healing touch into Beth's life. Father, others who are struggling with, Father, just difficult, difficult situations today, Father, we pray that you'd release peace into those situations. Father, situations where people feel out of control, Father, we pray that you'd release peace into those situations. Father, where there are other people involved in those situations and they feel that they have no control over that situation, they have no, they don't have any control over the other person. Father, we pray that you just bring a release and that you bring freedom into that situation. Lord, we just pray that you would just demonstrate your presence in those situations. And Father, I just pray for those uh, in our fellowship who are involved in education at whatever level. Father, we just pray for each one of them. And Lord, we pray that you would just strengthen them to, to be your ambassadors in the educational world. Father, that you give them a voice. And Father, I just pray that as uh, those who are involved in education are coming up to a natural uh, rest time, Lord, I just pray that they would indeed be rested and refreshed and rejuvenated. Father, we just pray that your spirit would be upon them. And Father, we just ask that you just bring just a season of rest and a season of peace, a, a season where they can just take a breath. Father, there are many in here who just need to feel that same thing just to pause and to take a breath those who are joining us online today some who just need to take a breath and Father we just pray that as we do that that your breath would come into us, the breath of the Holy Spirit, the the Numa, Father, that your breath, that your wind would come into us. Father, we need that fresh wind. We need your Holy Spirit. Father, we need your presence in our lives. Lord, as a fellowship, we need that. And Lord, you have spoken. And Father, we press into that and we look for you to do some new things in this place. And so Father, in, in a minute or two, when we turn to your word, Lord, we just pray that you would open up our hearts and our eyes, our spiritual ears and eyes to, to really perceive and understand what it is that you want to say to us. Just as, uh, just as I came at the end of praying there, I just felt I had this kind of picture in my heart. And uh, if you've ever seen somebody holding those megaphone things, um, it wasn't a modern electronic megaphone. It was one of those big cones with a kind of handle at the bottom. And you know how you, you speak into those big cones and you shout and uh, it, it amplifies your voice and it, and, and it kind of booms out so that your, your voice kind of carries over uh, the, the noise of what's happening. And uh, as I was just praying, Lord, what do you mean by that? I felt that what God was saying is that he's not using a big megaphone. He's not using a big megaphone. And that the Holy Spirit today is wanting to speak to you. But you need to really listen carefully. Because he's not going to shout over the noise. He's not going to shout over the noise of your life. He's not going to shout over the noise of your thoughts. He's not going to shout over the noise of your circumstances. He's asking you to be still today. To rest in his presence and to listen into his voice. Because he's not going to make a big noise about the thing that he wants to say to you. It's going to come it's going to come like a gentle whisper. And so I encourage you to just tune into what God wants to say today. Tune into the voice of the Spirit. Maybe it's maybe it's not even just this morning. Maybe it's maybe it's a word for you to put into practice uh, for the rest of the day or, or during the week or over the rest of this month. That you just take time to be still and listen. Because He's not going to shout over the noise. He's asking you to be still and to quiet in your heart so that you can hear his voice. Father, help us to receive, to receive the word that you want to implant within us. And Father, as we continue in this service, Lord, we want to be open to, to hear your voice. Lord, we, we, need, we need your voice in our lives. Father, we need to hear that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, help us to be totally open to what you want to to say today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in God's house, isn't it? Good. Um, just, um, sorry about the distractions. I just can't be walking on my cables, so I'll end up falling over. But it's good to be here today. Uh, I really do pray that we're open. Uh, just such a vivid picture that I had there of that that big megaphone. And that God's saying, you know, he's not wanting to shout. It's, 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 sometimes God does that, but today he's not wanting to shout. And in the, the days and weeks to come, he's not want to shout. He's just looking for us to be still and to listen to what he wants to say to us so i don't know if that resonates with somebody then please uh, come and let me know that would be great um i do need to do this whole photograph thing for track and trace if you just give me a little second i'll get that out of the way and then we'll do the rest of the announcements there you go that bit done um i'm going to just uh, show something this is kind of like bonus features from last week you know how you you get dvds and in, in the dvd you have the bonus footage does anybody know what i'm talking about remember remember okay remember you've got masks on remember i need big body language you know just let me know that you're with me you know give me a wave give me a comment if you're online um so just it's, it was just as i was thinking about. You know, how, how, do we, how do we discern the voice of God? How do we recognize the voice of God in our lives? And it was just this little video that I came across online of penguins. And the mother penguin's coming back. She's trying to find daddy penguin. That's Father's Day, after all. Um, and she's trying to find daddy penguin who's got the chick. She's been out at sea for two months feeding, and she's coming back to feed the chick. And I don't know if you've ever seen these emperor penguins. They all look exactly the same. You know unlike us we all look quite unique and different um, but imagine you're coming back trying to find your partner trying to find your mate to feed the chick well let's just watch this little video hopefully uh hopefully you'll catch something but this. among all the
1: penguin lookalikes her partner is still tricky to recognize so every so often she stops and calls Her cry is unique, and the father responds with a call of his own. It's what she was hoping to hear. After two months at sea and a 60-mile trek across the ice, she's made it back in the nick of time.
0: A little short video. I don't know. You just, I heard all the oos and as when the wee baby chick came onto the screen there. But this this just really spoke to me. Uh, the commentary on, on this bit of footage was her cry is unique, and the father responds with a call of his own. I just thought that was amazing. God is our heavenly father, and when we call out to him, he recognizes our unique cry. Each of us are different. We've all got different experiences. We look different. We sound different. We've got different backgrounds. But God hears us, and he calls back in a way that we can hear. That's your bonus footage from last week, by the way. That's the bonus features from last week's message. How do we discern the voice of God? By tuning into it, by listening, by tuning out all the other voices, all the other voices, and tuning into what God wants to say specifically to us. So I encourage us to take that time and to really listen to what God is saying to us. I'm going to come to the message for today, and uh, I'm going to read a passage from uh, Acts chapter 8, and we'll go to verse 26. Um, and so today I want to talk about obeying the voice of God. Slightly different today, we've talked about hearing the voice of God. And how we do that. In the first message, i talked about some of the ways that God speaks to us. I've tried to avoid saying, well, how does God speak to you? Well, he speaks to me through the prophecy, through other people, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but but how, how does the prophet actually hear what God wants to say? You know, we, we can talk about the gifts of the Spirit like a word of knowledge or or a word of... How, how, how do we actually hear the word of knowledge? We talk about an interpretation to a tongue. God speaks to... Yeah, but how do we actually hear? How do we know that it's God that's speaking when there's an interpretation? And I've been trying to kind of drill down to actually, how actually does God speak to an individual? And that might be for you, and it might be, or it might be for somebody else. How does God actually speak? I talked about discerning the voice of God and and how you've got to kind of tune in and listen to what God is saying. And that means tuning other things out tuning the interference out and I felt kind of that's that's maybe part of what God is saying in that that kind of word today about tuning out of all the noise of life life can get so cluttered life can become so so full of noise and it's about tuning that stuff out but once we hear the voice of God we've got to obey the voice of God what's the point in God speaking if we don't first hear what He said and then put into practice what he's saying do you, get my, do you get what I'm saying? Remember, remember, big body language, big smile. Smile with your eyes, okay? Uh, sorry, I'm just going to keep going on about that until you get fed up listening to it. <laughs> Comments, if you're online, it um, would be really helpful. Let's read from Acts chapter 8 and uh, verse 26. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation again uh, today. So the Passion Translation is a, a modern translation. It's what's known as a dynamic equivalence translation. They're trying to communicate the meaning of the text rather than necessarily a word-for-word uh, translation. And it's a story about a man called Philip. We'll come to that in just a little second. Then the Lord's angel said to Philip, now go south from Jerusalem on the desert road to Gaza. He left immediately on his assignment. Along the way, he encountered an Ethiopian who believed in the God of the Jews, who was the minister of of finance for Kandaki, and Kandaki is actually, it's like a term rather than a, rather than a name. Like, so, so, for example, Pharaoh is a term, Caesar is a term, it's like a title. Kandake is, is the same thing for, for this group of people, Queen of Ethiopia. He was on his way home from worship, worshiping God in Jerusalem, and as he rode along in his, in his chariot, he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go and walk alongside the chariot. So Philip ran to catch up. And as he drew closer, he overheard the man reading from the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. And Philip asked him, sir, do you understand what you're reading? And the man answered, how can I possibly make sense of this without someone explaining it to me? So he invited Philip up into his chariot to sit with him. And the portion from Isaiah he was reading was this. He was led away to the slaughter. Like a lamb to be offered, he was like a lamb that is silent before those who sheared him. He never opened his mouth and his lowliness, justice was stripped away from him and he could fully, uh, and who could fully express his struggles for his life was taken from the earth. And the Ethiopian asked Philip, please can you tell me who the prophet is speaking of? Is it himself or another man? And Philip started with this passage and shared with him the wonderful message of Jesus. And as they were traveling down the road, the man said, look, here's a pool of water. Why don't I get baptized right now? And there's this little interesting bit, depending on what version you read. If you read the New King James or the King James, you will find this Chat this particular verse. If you read the NIV, you won't find this verse. It goes from thirty-six to thirty-eight. I don't know if anybody's ever noticed that before. But this is what verse thirty-seven says in the Passion Translation. Because this is something that was found in other manuscripts um, that that were discovered later on, and they think perhaps this is one of the old sort of confessions of the early church. Philip replied, "If you believe with your heart, I'll baptize you." And the man answered. I believe that Jesus is the anointed one, the son of God. The Ethiopian stopped his chariot and went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, Philip was suddenly snatched up by the spirit of the Lord and instantly carried away to the city of Ashdod, where he reappeared preaching the gospel in that city. The man never saw Philip again. He returned to, to Ethiopia full of great joy. And Philip, however, traveled on to all the towns of that region, bringing them the good news until he arrived in Caesarea. What an interesting passage. Uh, An interesting story of God speaking to somebody and the person putting into practice what God was saying. Now, I recognize that we hear God in all sorts of different ways and for different reasons. Sometimes we need encouragement. And when we need encouragement, it often comes through another person. And when we think about prophecy, we've been looking at prophecy on the Wednesday nights. One of the primary reasons for prophecy these days is to encourage other people, to bring comfort and to exhort. It's to build people up. The gift of prophecy, as we read about in 1 Corinthians 12 is to build the church, to build the church up. And so we need encouragement. And so we hear the voice of God. Sometimes we also need correction. Has anybody in here ever not needed correction? Just just checking, okay? Anybody online not ever needed correction? If you say you've never needed correction, I'll be saying, really, 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 okay? <laughs> because I know that even at my age, I still sometimes need correction. And God, God will correct us in the most gentle of ways very often. But God speaks to us through his word, the Bible, which is why we need to read it, because in it, we'll learn how to live our lives. And so God can, can speak into our lives and bring correction, encouragement, correction, but also direction. And I shared a story last week about how God had spoken into my life in order to bring direction for the way that I should go. But today, there's just something slightly different. And the key to what I want to share today is obedience. And I think obedience is just like a little key that opens a lock to us hearing the voice of God. We open the door and we go, wow, that's what I've been waiting to hear. I think our willingness to obey the voice of God will unlock those experiences where we need to hear God. What does James chapter 1, verse 22 say? It says, don't merely listen to the word, And so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Eugene Peterson in Message puts it this way, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Very, very simple, isn't it? Act on what you hear. And I put some notes in that little bit on my Bible And I I, I, I wrote these notes. I'm thinking we need to receive the Word of God with humility. We need to reflect on the Word of God with intentionality, which means we pray about it, we read it, we write it down. But we also need to respond to the Word of God willingly. Receive it, reflect on it, respond to it. And sometimes we need to respond right away. When God shows us something, we need to respond right away to it. And today, I want to just look at an example. Philip is an example of somebody who responds right away to the word that God is speaking to him. Now, in Acts chapter 6, we read about Philip working, spreading the gospel in this area called Samaria. And this is exactly what Jesus said would happen in the church This is what it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so the gospel has went out through Jerusalem and we read about this persecution of a man called Stephen and how he was martyred and after that the church became scattered through persecution. And then we go on into reading in Acts chapter 8 that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. And When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many and many paralytics and cripples were healed. Philip worked powerfully amongst these people. And people were coming to know Jesus. He was part of this great commission to go further out than Jerusalem and to go to Samaria. Interesting that persecution made the church spread. We always pray that we we don't want persecution. And yet, in some parts of the world, it's the very thing that's causing the gospel to flourish. I don't know about you. I do not want persecution. I am not praying for persecution. But I am praying that the gospel is spread throughout our world. And so, I want us to take a little walk through uh, this particular passage, Acts chapter 26. And it's just such an amazing and also incredible account. It's an incredible account of cross-cultural mission. It's when we share the gospel with somebody from another culture here is Philip, a Jew, sharing the gospel with a man who's an Ethiopian. He comes from a different part of the world, different culture, different way of looking at life, and he shares the gospel with him. Probably this man had become a follower of Judaism, which he was why, which is why he was in Jerusalem to start with. He was there for a, a worship service, and here he has gone home to his own country. And I want to want us to, to think about this when it comes to cross-cultural mission. He didn't have to, Philip didn't have to go to Ethiopia to speak to this man. This man had come to him, and so he shared the gospel. And we need to understand something here. There are people from other cultures who live next door to us, and we need to learn how to share the gospel with them. I was thinking about this. We, we do short-term missions trips. We go to other parts of the world to share the gospel, to work and to help. Some people in here have been on short-term mission trips. And one of the things that's always intrigued me about short-term missions trips is how we are so full of faith on the short-term missions trips and people pray and people believe for things that they're praying for and then we come back home and we just go back into the same old, same old. And what happens to our faith when we come back home? It gets put on the shelf. Have you ever noticed that? We can have faith for doing things in another place but we seem to lack faith for what God wants to do in our own place sometimes. And I want us to think about that and be challenged by that. Here is Philip who has faith for what's happening right in his own backyard, okay? He was in Samaria, but he has faith for what's going to happen. And this is what happens. We're talking about how does God speak. And that first How do we hear God's message? I talked about how God speaks through angels sometimes. Listen to what verse 26 says. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Don't you think that's pretty incredible? That an angel came and spoke to Philip. One of God's messengers heavenly messengers came and spoke to Philip and he didn't fall over with fear he didn't run around in a panic saying oh I've seen an angel Um, um, what's going to happen next you know he actually just encountered the angel heard the word and immediately he started out immediately he started out it's like the angel says your mission should you choose to accept it is to go down to that road And then you'll find out what's going to happen next. He didn't have a clue what was going to happen next. The angel said, go there. And he just went up from Samaria and traveled down there and went without asking any questions, or so it seems. And this mission impossible, he just seemed to accept it and go, okay, I don't know what's happening next, but I'm trusting in the word of God. I want to challenge us by this. I want to challenge us that God speaks in proportion to our willingness to obey. God speaks in proportion to our willingness to obey. Very often we're praying, Lord, I want to hear your voice. And we do, and we get that encouragement that we're needing, and God is really gracious. And sometimes God gives us correction, and we're praying to hear the voice of God, but sometimes he's saying, I want you to go. Are we ready to go where he says, you know, we heard this quoted a couple of Wednesday nights ago at the prayer when Clem was talking. He quoted Isaiah 55, 11. And he said, uh, so will my word be which goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me void or in other words, useless or without result, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. When God speaks, God speaks for a reason. There's always a purpose behind the voice of God in our lives. And therefore, we need to tune into what he wants to say. Then in verse 29, we go down the passage a little bit and we read that the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to Philip. I think he hears this. It's either an audible voice or an inaudible voice. I don't know. It doesn't really say. But either way, he hears a very clear instruction go to that chariot. And stay near it. And what does it say next? It says that Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? He responded right away. No debate, no discussion, no phone a friend. That was a joke, by the way, (laughs) for all you people who are a fan of that program, called. Well, I've forgotten what it's called. That millionaire program, I, aha, where you can answer all these questions. I'd be useless at that. I can't even remember what it's called, never mind. Anyway, so no phone a friend. He just got up and he obeyed the voice of God. Why Why was he able to do this? Why was he able to respond right away. I don't know if you remember Philip. Philip was this one of these ordinary guys who just so happened to be filled with the Spirit and with wisdom. Philip was one of the seven who were chosen earlier on in the book of Acts to serve people food. That's what he was chosen to do, to serve people food. Even the seagulls are agreeing just an ordinary guy filled with the Spirit and with wisdom. These seven people that were chosen to do this job were filled with the Spirit and with wisdom. And I want to suggest that if we want to hear the voice of God in the sort of ways that we're talking about today, where we go right away in response to the Word of God, I want to suggest that we need to be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. We also need to be positioned where the Spirit wants us, and we need to be willing to obey the voice of the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit, in the right place, at the right time, and willing to obey. I wonder, are we in that place today? Are you in that place where you want to hear the voice of God in order to put into practice the thing that He's saying? It doesn't tell us how Philip came into this experience of being filled, or at least it didn't in my sort of attempts to try and find out where that happened. And Philip's a man who's, who's kind of living in, he's just kind of getting on with life. And the, he has this experience in the spirit. He's doing the ordinary tasks. And I, I kind of think just getting on with the things of life, seeking to live uh, for God and in God's strength And I really believe that we need to be faithful in the small things. We need to be faithful in the small things. I wonder, are you seeking to be filled with the Spirit of God? That was a question that needs a response, not necessarily here right now. But are you seeking to be filled with the Spirit? How often, when was the last time you prayed for the Holy Spirit to come and to fill your life. We need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be faithful in the small things. He was positioned. He was in the right place at the right time. And I just kind of think, we need to be in the right place at the right time to hear the voice of God, to to just be listening and say, okay, this is where you're calling me to be. But most importantly, he was willing to do what God told him to. And he was willing to serve. He was willing to to serve just in the humble, menial task of waiting on tables. And, And I think it's his qualities, it's these qualities that qualified Philip to move on to do what God was asking him to do. I think faithfulness precedes prominence faithfulness precedes prominence. We need to understand this. And I, I have watched this in church over the years, not just this church, but many other churches, where people want a position of prominence. People want to be the person who's seen to be doing this and that and the next thing. And it's such a dangerous place to be, is wanting to be the guy who does all the amazing things. And everybody go, oh, wow, you're so spiritual. That's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about us humbling ourselves before God. And it's so important because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He's distant from the proud, but he's close to the humble. Faithfulness precedes prominence. I I just want to emphasize that. Faithfulness precedes prominence. God never uh, promotes the proud. Some people want the end result without the pain that's involved in getting to that place. I'm looking at people today, and you know what I'm talking about. God gives you a vision, and you can see the end result. But there's a whole bunch of stuff goes on in the middle before you get to the end result. And you go, I didn't realize it was going to be as hard as this. But we need to stay faithful in these times God had clearly directed Philip to share the gospel with a prominent member of this Queen's Council. He was reading, willing, humble enough to accept help. He was reading words that were 700 years old at this point in time, reading the prophet Isaiah. And this is what he was reading. And Philip, he began to explain what he was reading about. Who is this man? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. We know that Isaiah, 700 years earlier, was talking about Jesus who would come like the Lamb of God. The Jews would sacrifice animals like a lamb and others to atone for their sins to, 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 as an act of God forgiving their sins and, and, and restoring their relationship with God. And they would do that. They would do that uh, all the time. And Jesus came as the Lamb of God who would be slain once and for all. And he was like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before his shearers is silent. And Jesus appeared before three prominent people, Caiaphas, the high priest, Pilate, and then Herod, and then back to Pilate again. Jesus appeared before all these prominent people and yet he didn't say a word to defend himself. And so he did not open his mouth. He remained silent most of the time. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. He was wrongly beaten, wrongly accused, wrongly sentenced to death by crucifixion. And then he goes on to say, who can speak of his descendants? He's talking about the church. He's talking about the the millions of people across the world, even today, and those who've existed from the birth of the church till now, and those who will exist after we are gone. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Jesus died for our sins on that cross. And I think about this. I think about this when I mess up. It was my sin, my sin, that put him on that cross. My sin. I I don't know what effect that has in you, but that deeply affects me when I, I consider that it was my sin that put him on the cross and I'm pretty sure that Philip went on to explain that even though Jesus died and was was buried in Joseph's tomb that on the third day he rose again and that he began to appear to the disciples and to the women and to other people so many people he began to appear and he probably talked about how the Romans couldn't even begin to try and cover up the resurrection story. He probably talked about how the Jews, who really wanted there not to be a resurrection, couldn't cover up the resurrection story at the time. Jesus was back to life again. And this Ethiopian man has a revelation from God. He says, Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus is the Savior. And then he puts his trust in him. And then he went back to his home country, rejoicing. He'd found life. He'd found the Savior. And he probably went home and began to influence and tell other people about what Jesus had done for him. He'd experienced God. He'd become baptized there and then. And he had an encounter with God. And then there's this last little thing. This last little thing. Little thing? In verse 39, it says, When they had come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. How many times do we read over little, little insignificant passages of Scripture like this? Suddenly, Peter was standing in the water, and suddenly, he was gone. Suddenly, he was gone. Ethan Hunt couldn't do that. Right? Mission impossible. Suddenly, the Spirit took Philip and bodily transferred him to another town. Probably around 15 miles away, is what it says. Suddenly, my goodness, I talked about suddenly a few weeks ago. Could you imagine if the suddenly was that Stevie got transported down to Glasgow in the middle of his message? To finish it off at Andrew's Church down in Gateway, could you? And just a, a, an insignificant little part of Scripture that we read past when we're doing our devotions suddenly took. Suddenly Philip was translated bodily to a different part of the world. And he began to share the gospel there as well. He couldn't stop sharing the gospel. That's why he's talked about later on and I think it's Acts twenty-one as Philip the evangelist when they go to stay at his house. Suddenly, imagine we were standing listening to Philip tell his story. He, he would be standing here. Imagine, imagine I'm Philip and I'm telling this story firsthand. You know, an angel came and spoke to me. And it was just incredible. I just went down to that road. And when I was there, the Holy Spirit came and spoke to me. And I went up beside this chariot and all these things that happened. And then suddenly, the Holy Spirit picked me up and put me in a town 15 miles away. I'd be like, how did he do that? Because the God that we serve is the God of the impossible. Impossible. With man, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And if you want to read some more passages about bodily people being bodily transported, there are numerous references in Kings, in Ezekiel, in Second uh, Corinthians, First Thessalonians, and Revelations twelve and five. There are other passages where it talks about these things happening. I, I don't know. Am I, am I scratching where you're itching today? Do you want, I'm not asking if you want to be bodily translated somewhere. I don't know about you, but I want to be involved in the work of God in such a way where the suddenlies of God are happening, where the miraculous is happening, and where people are encountering God in miraculous ways. I want to see the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament church, do the same things today so that people can see that God is at work. That there's a suddenly moment in our lives. I want to see God do amazing things. Because I, I believe God can do amazing things. Do you know, I, 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 I don't want to do church the way we've been doing it anymore. I, I want to do church where God comes and does his suddenlies. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I want to see. I want to see people being transformed by the power of the gospel because the gospel has the power to change us on the inside so that the things which we thought were important in one day are no longer important because God has done a work in our spirits, translating people, uh, transforming people on the inside. And I just felt as I was preparing for this message today and it's a picture that somebody shared with me a long time ago about a table a big table set out a banquet table and how there was a seat at the table for everyone and there's food at the table for everyone and as I as I was praying about today I just felt God said that the the seat with the most food the seat with the largest help of a food is for those who need the greatest strength those who will take up the burden to carry the message to the lost who are seeking a savior. The seat at the table with the most food is for those who need the most strength to carry out the mission. I want to just remind us as we draw to a close that God speaks in proportion to our willingness to obey. Are you willing to obey him today? Are you willing to obey him? Those who are online, are you willing to obey the voice of God? No matter what he says to you today, are you willing to obey that voice in your life today? If you're willing to obey it, he will speak and speak very clearly and give you direction. Father, we just pray that you would come and that you would speak to us. Father, we ask that you would come into our circumstances, into our lives, and Father, that you would fill our lives. Father, that you would come and presence yourself in the very depths of our being, and that you would transform us on the inside. And Father, if we were maybe not willing at the moment, Lord, we pray that you would make us willing to be willing. Father, that you would do a work in us as a church. Lord, we ask that you would come and that you would do your suddenlies. Holy Spirit, We ask that you would come. In that song that we sang Fresh Wind, it it talks about a fresh desire fresh fire fresh holiness a fresh power a fresh wind of your presence and father that's that's my prayer today for my life father that's my prayer for this church is that you bring that fresh wind the wind of your spirit I don't know if anybody has an interpretation to uh, that tongue. If you do, please share it. Maybe Sarah, you could come up and we'll play that Fresh Wind again. And any of the other musicians who want to come up. is saying today that he's already said you need to quiet the noise in order to hear his voice uh, maybe that's where some of us need to begin is to just quiet in our voices quiet in the noise quiet in the clamor of our lives in order to hear what he wants to say to us let's just stand as we worship as we finish off our time today your blessing in every family for those uh, who are here those who are online those who will listen to this message later on maybe even for some it'll be uh, months later they'll come across this message and father we pray that you would just fill people with your spirit lord that you would do a new thing in people's lives father that you bring uh, encouragement where it's needed correction where it's needed Uh, father we want to move into that place where we're able to hear your voice and put it into practice to action it right away and so, Father, we pray that you lead us and direct us in these things. Lord, we pray that you bless this day. Father, bless Father's Day. Lord, we pray for those who are dads. Lord, we pray your blessing on them. Bless them with our health and wholeness. And, Father, the things which each one needs. And, Lord, as we go into this day and into this week, Father, we pray that you'd help us to dig into you. And, Father, uh, we need to just learn some new things in you. Father, we pray that you'd open up our understanding and lead us into these things. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. The Lord bless you and have a great week and uh, enjoy God's presence in your life.